talking Illinois high school football. If your goals are as high as you talk about, tonight's the night you go out and just take one more step. It's a view from the West. And it starts right now! Welcome into View from the West podcast, the podcast covering Illinois high school football on the western side of the state of Illinois. I'm your host, Greg Armstrong. Back with me tonight, Mitch Stormer. Mitch, thank you so much for being back. And Mitch, it is officially game week. We yep. are here. Week one is upon us. Yeah, we're here. Um, we're counting down the hours and uh, looking forward to uh, this weekend for sure. This is going to be our kind of season preview and certainly our week one preview of the season. We'll look at the matchups that are ahead in week one. But Mitch, before we get ahead of ourselves, we need to promote the product here. Anyone listening, if you haven't heard our conference previews, all of our conference previews, the Western Big Six, the Three Rivers, the Lincoln Trail, the NUIC, and some eight-man football previews. They're all available in our archives. Wherever you listen to this podcast, go back and find those episodes if you haven't heard them yet, or they're pinned up on top. They're our top tweet on our Twitter account, View From West Pod on Twitter. Go check them out. Mitch, we've talked about a lot of football, and the old cliche goes that, you know, it's week one, the talking's over, but that's what we do best is talk. So we're going to keep yeah. talking a little bit more here in this episode. Let's start with the storylines of the season. What, what are you looking forward to, Mitch? What teams, what players, what, you know, just the stories that stand out to you as we head into week one here? Yeah, I mean, I think of all the conferences that we, we cover, you know, um, I think there's opportunity for some new teams to make some moves. Um, maybe some new teams that haven't either won a, won a conference title or competed for one in the past couple of years. I think that there are a few teams that are going to be able to make a jump um, in, in the preview shows that I did. I, I did the, the three rivers. Um, I'm really looking forward to Monmouth Roseville. I really like what they have coming back. Um, you know, they had a strong season last year, a game away from winning that division um, and then a tough draw in the playoffs against IC Catholic. So if either of those teams, those two things kind of swing the other way. You're talking about a, a whole different dynamic. And then you're bringing everybody, all those kids back, or at least most of them, um, certainly your dynamic players. So really looking for Monmouth Roseville to make a challenge towards the Princetons and the Kiwanis this year again um, and see if they can come out on top. Well, speaking of Monmouth Roseville and Kiwani, no guarantees, nothing set in stone yet, but I may be in Monmouth in week one covering the Titans and the Boilermakers. Yeah. I was there for that matchup last year when it was in Kiwani and Kiwani looked really good. That was kind of like, you know, the debut of what their season was about to become. Yeah. So I may have to make that trip again and cover that game. Well, and speaking of, of Kiwani and things that are looking good, have you seen the new field? Oh, it looks so good. It looks awesome. I, so good. Off the top of my head, it's got to be the best one in the conference. There's no question. It looks so nice. They did a great job with that. Yeah. Now, Mitch, can we go on a side tangent real quick? Because we've talked about our love, sure. our love for the for the beauty that is a muddy, you know, grimy playoff yep. football game. Yep. But I also do truly appreciate, I mean, a good looking field turf. It, yeah. Man, when it's done right, it's, it's a work of art. And Kiwani did it right. It looks really good. Yeah. Here's our trade off, Greg. We'll take those those field turf games because let's say that those are at night. Right. Okay, so we'll yeah. take those during the regular season and then we'll save the muddy sunshine games for the playoffs. How about that? That's perfect. And I will say, and I know this is, you know, this is going to sound, you know, very proper of me and not wanting to get muddy, but man, a field turf 
is great for a sideline photographer. Yeah. I know I can right. run from sideline to sideline and not dodge huge puddles of right. mud. And my, you know, my clothes aren't going to come out soggy and wet and muddy, but I know yeah. I, I sound real, you know, too proper and fancy when I say it like that. So, yeah, right. Well, they're going to take care of you there if you want So hopefully you, uh, you get to cover a game there. That's right. I mean, the field turf looks great and you get a pork chop at the end of the night. So it's, it's always a great time in Kiwani. Yep. So, yep. well, Mitch, I'm going to go to the Western big six for my, my storyline that stands out. We talked about it a lot in our preview show of the Western big six. Uh, I, I really just think this conference is wide open. I know mm -hmm. that's probably a cliche. We say that every year, but since that 2021 spring season, since that COVID spring, when United Township really burst on the scene, I think that's added a whole new dynamic to this conference. It's just really added an extra layer because that Panther team is going to be competitive. Last year, they went four and five, and I think they were right there on the doorstep, and they were a younger team, and they're right back in the mix now. I think they're a team that's really interesting to watch, but I think you've got to respect the talent level that Moline, Sterling, Rock Island, you know, and, and that's not to mention Geneseo and even Galesburg. And, and, you know, I just think there's, and Quincy, I don't want to leave out Quincy. I was just, yeah. I was going to say, don't, don't leave out Quincy. No, I, I don't want to sleep on them because I know they're kind of the, they're the distant outlier from where we're located, but yeah. they are certainly a team that's going to bring a lot of talent back. And Mitch, we haven't even mentioned in all this conversation, I just saw an article on max preps right in the middle of the article talking about the best of the best things to look for in Illinois high school football this year, Rock Island, all offensive lineman, Charles Jogasa is the state's number one senior prospect committed to Notre Dame. So yep. it is so cool in this, you know, article talking about East St. Louis and Loyola Academy and all these heavy hitters when it comes to individual accolades, Rock Island Almonds, Charles Jogasaw gets the nod. That's really cool. And Mitch, you're rocking that fighting Irish hat here on the video. So yeah. I know you're excited. Yeah. Uh, Going to hopefully uh, join a long line of, of great linemen there. Um, looking forward to his season. Looking forward to Almond season. You guys uh, on the, on the Western big six preview, you guys were talking about this a little bit. Um, you know, I think that's a team that isn't going to go 0 and 9 this year. You know, they have a good chance to win the first two weeks of the season. So they've got great numbers. Um, you know, they've got some things straightened out on, on the field and in the administration. So um, I'm looking forward to Almond season. Really, I'm not expecting a lot, but I'm expecting it to be better than last year as they just continue to kind of make progress, bump up their numbers. And uh, yeah, looking forward to, to seeing what they can do. Yeah. When I went to the, um, the Western Big Six banquet, it was really good to hear from uh, Fritz Deodonia. You know, to hear him talk about how last year he was very honest in saying that going 0-9, like, in the moment, it was really hard to see those, you know, moral victories or mm -hmm. the things that, you know, the quote unquote, doing it the right way and really competing till the final horn, all those things, you know, Mitch, as a competitor, it's hard yeah. to feel that way after a loss, the loss stings, no matter you're a coach, a player, a parent, a fan, but you know, Fritz did say that now after he's had time to kind of take a step back and really reflect on it, it was a building process for them. And it was something that they could be proud of, of their effort they put in last year. And I think it all builds towards then what I really love that he said is now it's all about fighting for that W. Mm -hmm. Let's walk off the field as a winner. If any team deserves a win, it's this Allman program. It's, yep. it's Coach Fritz and it's, you know, Charles Jogason, these seniors that have battled through some tough situation and tough circumstances. I hope they can get one. Like you said, I, I really, I think it would be a great story for them and for our area. 
Yeah. And shout out to all those, all those seniors or even anyone who's, who's coming back from last year, who stuck it out and uh, have worked hard in the off season preparing for, for this new year. And uh, like, like we've said, we hope to see them at that in the win column and uh, for those kids. Well, Mitch, before we uh, jump into week one, I think, you know, I kind of want to look around the state of Illinois. You know, we talk a lot about come playoff time, the teams that we end up seeing our teams matching up against in the playoffs. Let's look ahead a little bit. Like I referenced that Max Preps article, they put out their top 25. And I will say it is really cool to see Lena Winslow coming in at number 20 Mm -hmm. and Princeton coming in at number 24. So our local area getting a couple teams on that list. But Mitch, there's some heavy hitters on this list. You look yeah. at uh, you look at number one, East St. Louis. They fell to Kerry uh, Grove in a fantastic yep. state championship game a year ago. Yep. They're the top preseason team coming in for obvious reasons. So much Division One talent, so much speed and athleticism. They're a really fun team to watch. I, I got to think, you know, like this Max Preps list has them number one. They're going to be right there at the end of the year. Again, come uh, that week 14, you know, state championship yeah. in Champaign. Mitch, what other teams, when you look down the top 25, do you see that, you know, do you think we're going to talk about them eventually this year? Yeah. Um, again, some of these teams will fall into, you know, different classifications and things like that, that we've dealt with every year, but when you look at this list, you see one, a lot of heavy hitters from last year, a lot of repeat names that were in the finals last season, but two, just your traditional names, right? Your East St. Louis, your Mount Carmel's, your Joliet Catholics, Sacred Heart Griffin. So um, it's just another stacked list of great teams that we expect to be uh, to good again. So as you said, for, for uh, you know, <laughs> looking at these teams, it's a lot of 8A, 7A, 6A yeah. teams and such forth. And then you see Lena, you see Princeton. So that's a testament to those programs and what they have coming back and then really what they've, their body of work the past couple of years. So that's a cool honor for them to see because I do believe they're one of the best teams in, you know, in, in the state. Now, is Lena going to go and play an 8A team and win? Probably not. But if you kind of take in, you know, whatever factors that may be, I do think they are one of the best teams in the state, or at least they, they were last year. So, um, yeah, this is this is a great list. And Greg, I'm looking at number two. What what can you tell me about Loyola Academy here? Yeah, well, I think our area is going to learn a little bit about Loyola Academy in week number two. Loyola Academy will host United Township. So we'll talk a little bit about United Township and their schedule and their week one opponent coming up in a minute here. But yeah, that's a that's a game that came on the schedule late. And it's yeah. United Township traveling up to a very prominent, you know, no secrets here. You know how good Loyola Academy is if you pay attention to Illinois yeah. high school football. So that's a challenge for sure. But I think it's kind of a fun test for the Panthers. You know, I, yeah. win or lose, I think it's great to show your kids, like, here's what it takes to be, you know, to be the best. And I think it's a fun challenge for a team that has some expectations in United Township. Yeah, and, and I don't know the circumstances of, of how that game was scheduled or if, uh, you know, UT was looking for uh, any opponent they could find. Again, I don't know the circumstances, but again, you have an open week and you're going to, you're going to schedule the uh, defending runner up in 8A. So that, that says a lot about UT that they're up for the challenge um, where they, they could have maybe scheduled uh, just say a lesser opponent. They're, they're up for the challenge. They want to challenge their kids. So um, yeah, cool for one of our teams in the area. Uh, to play one of the best teams uh, coming back in the state of Illinois. Yep. 
Well, Mitch, another thing that kind of stands out to me on the list is Byron comes in at 17. Yep. And a team that Byron beat last year on their way right. to a state championship, that little old Catholic school, IC yep. Catholic prep from Elmhurst comes in at 15. Yep. So no surprise, Mitch. I don't think IC Catholic is going anywhere. They've, no. you know, been kind of a thorn in the side for our local teams. And I'm guessing they'll be in the playoff mix again. And we'll probably see them and talk about them. Yeah. Again, they're, I think they still will fall into 3A this year. Um, they didn't meet the, the, the qualifications to be bumped up. So um, uh, shows that they're beatable. You know, they're not this uh, uh, unstoppable team. But that does bring me to my next point, Greg. Yes. Because we talked about we talked about this a little bit. We've talked about it on the show before. But one team that would be on this list if we were <laughs> in in the early 2000s, and this is for everyone who, if, if you're a, a student or a player who – doesn't know about this program or a coach who might be new, whatever it may be. But I went down a rabbit hole this week um, and looking back at the 2001 through 2008 Addison Driscoll Catholic teams. Yeah, there's some Bureau Valley fans that are very familiar with where you're going here. I I think there's probably Alito fans too, I think. Yeah, possibly. maybe I, I could I could have that incorrect, but either way, for for anybody who's listening who doesn't know about the powerhouse that was Addison Driscoll Catholic, um, they still hold the state record. They won seven state titles in a row. I think they won four in four A and three in three A. I think that's what that was. Um, they lost six games in that span of their reign, and they just dominated. Um, so again, we we would probably be having the conversation about well, what's their enrollment versus, you know, uh, public school, things like that. But the difference being is that they were just so dominant for so long um, and unfortunately ran into financial troubles and they closed down in 2009. But uh, again, if anyone's interested, look up those past seasons of Addison Driscoll because they were just a dominant force and they would be number one on this list for probably multiple years if they were still around. Yeah, that I remember when that story, I mean, obviously I remember when they were in the middle of their run yeah. And then when the rumors and the, you know, articles started coming out that, you know, things weren't looking good and they didn't know if they could keep the doors open. And all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute, how does this like dominant football program just go away and just, yeah. it doesn't exist anymore. And that, yeah. and that's what happened. Like I, it, it was just, I remember it just being very bizarre. Cause it was obviously, you know, it was one of those teams that you, you came to hate because they were the New York Yankees of, you know, of Illinois high school football. They were winning all the time and then they were just gone. And now I think fast forward, you've seen Lombard Montini kind of pick up some of those pieces. And I believe Mm -hmm. I see Catholic has kind of stepped in and they've taken some of those pieces that would have gone to Addison Driscoll. So that, yeah, that's a very unique story in the history of Illinois, you know, high school football for sure. Yeah, when I remember, this would have been 2004. That was my junior year, right? I think so, yeah. Uh, having played that Bureau Valley team, and they were undefeated. They won uh, the Big Rivers, as it was called at the time. Steamrolled through the playoffs and then got to Driscoll in the final, and Driscoll just took care of business. So yeah, um, I, I remember seeing that, and it was just like, man, I, I know how good Bureau Valley is. And for them to lose the way that they did, I'm looking at it now, it was 37-14. Um, 
it was just a testament to how good Driscoll was. And again, that sustained success for, for seven straight seasons. I don't know that that'll be topped again. That's, that's a pretty significant stretch of championships. Yeah. Uh, credit where it's due. Was that, uh, was that Bureau Valley led by quarterback Brad Monier? Yes, it was. And they yeah. had, and I think Garrett Barnes, who was their the quarterback successor there, he was a running back. He was up on varsity his sophomore year, and he was a running back before he uh, uh, came up yeah. into uh, quarterback. But, yeah, it was Brad Mornier, Preston Jones. I, I can't remember their other back's name, but they were just a force. Yeah, uh, Like I said, undefeated in the conference, which was good at the time. Newman was really good at the time. Um, Morrison was good at the time. But, um, yeah, again, just a, a testament to how good Driscoll was. And if anyone, again, who is, is not familiar, look that up because that's a record that I don't, I don't know that it, it would be broken. Yeah. And, uh, getting back to Bureau Valley, I'm not real shocked to find out that, uh, Garrett Barnes could also be a successful running back that he was, yeah, he was. <laughs> that, that does not uh, surprise me or probably anyone who remembers watching him as quarterback as well. Yeah. And, uh, Brad Monier now an assistant, uh, coach been at Geneseo for several mm-hmm. years now. So, uh, yep. Yeah, the local connection there in the Western Big Six. Well, all right, Mitch, before we jump into week one, I -hmm. do want to take a quick pause. And Mitch, I do want to promote to anyone out there listening, if anyone is interested in being a sponsor or helping out View from the West podcast, Mitch, we're looking for for sponsors. We're looking for people to plug on these airwaves. And I think it's one of those things where, you know, neither one of us are, you know, we're not desperately searching for money, but also- there is cost and time that comes into producing this every week. It certainly is a passion of both of ours. It's something we love to do, but there are some costs associated with it. And, uh, you know, I just want to throw it out there that if anyone is interested in sponsoring, you know, we're looking for, you know, a uniform of the week type of sponsor or game of the week sponsor, or, Mm -hmm. you know, just getting your, uh, you know, your business restaurant, whatever it may be, getting it out there. We would love for sponsorship to join us in this 2022 season. If anyone is interested, email us at viewfromwestpod at gmail.com. Send us an email. Let's uh, get the ball rolling. We'll figure out what we can do here for this season. Well, Mitch, before we jump into week one, we'll get into all the games and everything we need to talk about. I did see a really cool story on Facebook and on Twitter uh, this past week from Sherrard High School. Head coach mm-hmm. Brandon Johnston tweeted out, put it out on Facebook that Sherrard brought in uh, Leonard Luxmore to his practice to talk about his son, BJ Luxmore. BJ is a former Sherrard football player who, after graduating, enlisted in the military and was unfortunately killed in action in Afghanistan in 2012. Now, last year, the Sherrard football program retired his number. And now this year, I saw they're adding, they have a new helmet. It's a matte purple helmet with a block Sherrard S on it in their school colors. But it's they're also adding a team sticker to honor BJ Luxmore. It's his name in a circle with the number five, which is the number he wore in high school. So such a cool honor and a really cool way for this Sherrard program to connect and honor BJ Luxmore's life and his legacy, you know, back to these current high school kids. You know, Brandon Johnston had the Facebook message out there that just said, we wanted our kids to know and hear about BJ to truly understand the meaning behind our commemorative stickers that we will wear. The stickers were redesigned and it was with the help and the final approval coming from the Luxmore family. So just a huge credit to coach Johnston and the Sherrard athletic department and the high school 
for really bringing in the Luxmore family and embracing them in a way to honor BJ Luxmore is someone who certainly deserves, you know, all of the remembrance for the sacrifice that he gave to our country. Just a really cool story. Yeah, that's, that's really well said. So uh, again, I'll just echo what you said. Kudos to the entire Sherrard program, uh, the entire uh, Sherrard community, the Luxmore family uh, on keeping this legacy alive, a well-deserved legacy um, and, and doing so in a way that the football team, like you said, understands the importance of it um, and, and plays in honor of that. So yeah, one, again, a, a very cool story and, and looking forward to seeing that uh, all season. Yeah. Yep, definitely, for sure. Well, let's jump into it. Let's jump into games in week one. Mitch, we're here. The yeah. the games are on the field coming this Friday. Let's start in the Western Big Six. We'll start with United Township at LaSalle, Peru. Last year, United Township was uh, a game short of the playoffs. They finished at four and five. LaSalle, Peru finished five and five. They lost in the first round of the 5A playoffs. Mitch, we're going to start before we go into the rest of these games. This is a game I really want to pinpoint because I think it's a very significant game for United Township. Mm -hmm. Seeing that their second game is a real test against Loyola Academy. You really want to get this one to ensure that at the very least you can be one and one. I mean, I think the the goal is to go two and oh, obviously. But man, this game seems really important when you go on the road to South Peru. I'm really looking forward to this and seeing what Nick Welsh has in store this season. Um, one of the best quarterbacks in the conference that we'll talk about a lot this season, Matthew Kelly, looking forward to seeing him back um, uh, again, a great year battled through injuries, even came back into games playing through injuries. So a tough kid there, always the type of guy that you want um, uh, to be under the under center or, or taking shotgun snaps as they might be. But um, you know, looking forward to seeing guys like Corey Randall, getting some speed here for, for the Panthers might be a bit of an X factor. Maybe they're going to incorporate him in the offense in more ways than one, whether it you know, lines up in uh, on the outside lines up under center lines up at running back. So looking forward to see that type of versatility from the Panthers. Um, and, and again, like you said, you know, they were one game short. They've been the past couple of years have been making progress um, from that shortened spring season, because, you know, in that spring season, they really had a fantastic offense. And so last year might have been a bit of a transition year. Um, and so maybe now they get a little bit more uh, stability again. It starts with Matthew Kelly. Um, but looking for looking forward to the defense, too. You know, there were they played a lot of shootout games last year that they didn't come out on top of, or even games that they did, they still gave up a lot of points. So, um, you know, I, I think Coach Welch is excited for some size and some talent coming back. So, um, yeah, a, a tough matchup, though, here with LaSalle Peru. I think Stocking was saying that, it's a quarterback and, and dad connection there with yep. coaching quarterback. So, um, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to correlate, but they certainly have had, had plenty of practice getting the system right there. So um, let's look through, let's run down the rest of the schedule and we'll see what stands out to us here. Galesburg at Dunlap, Geneseo versus Chicago Noble, Moline versus St. Lawrence, Quincy at Quincy Notre Dame, Alleman at Chicago Academy, Rock Island at Pekin and Sterling versus Lake Villa. Mm-hmm. So Mitch, how about that Quincy at Quincy Notre Dame? That that's yeah. going to be an electric atmosphere for week one. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, Greg, can I say I'm looking forward to all of these games? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you, you, you're you know, just looking I, forward to football. So, right. I, I mean, you know, just kind of quick one hitters. Genesio's playing a good noble team coming back. Uh, looking forward to seeing how Moline starts off against a good team like St. Lawrence. 
Um, Rock Island, how, how are they going to reload against a good peaking team? And same with Sterling, a, a strong Lakeville team who went to the playoffs last year. But um, we, we kind of talked about it at the beginning. I'm almost more focused on a, on all of it more than anything, because I think that's a winnable game for them. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how they line up this year um, against Chicago Academy. Um, you know, always hard to predict how Chicago public schools are, are going to come into play, but I still think that's a winnable game for all of them. They do go on the road. Um, but uh, again, I, I'm interested in all of them, but I'm, I'm I think maybe just up for this week one, I'm going to focus on, on all of them just to see if they can get that win. Yeah, I'm right with you on that. I think, um, you know, Moline and St. Lawrence and also Sterling and Lake Villa, they're good non-conference tests for both of those teams, teams that we have high expectations for in the Western big six. So that those are interesting to see how they start out. Yeah. I will have to say, we'll have to wait on the Allman result because that is a Saturday game. So we'll have, uh, yeah. we'll have the rest on Friday night, Allman at Chicago Academy on Saturday. Well, Mitch, let's transition from the Western big six and we'll head over to the three rivers conference, mm-hmm. you know, where you were born and raised Mitch, the good old three rivers. Yep. And actually it's not uh, Lake Villa, but Bureau Valley will be at Villa Grove. So, uh, you know, keep your villas correct, but that that's a non-conference matchup that yep. Bureau Valley had to fill when Riverdale dropped out of their varsity schedule this season. So that's mm-hmm. an interesting non-conference game to start the year for Bureau Valley. Yeah, and again, a team kind of like we were talking about um, with uh, – with UT a little bit. This is a team that last year started to make some strides. You saw in in games, they were playing better. They were playing closer. Um, Probably could have the chances to win a few more games last season. Not going to say they should have or, or, or play that game, but just they were, they were close. Let's just say that. So um, yeah, looking forward to this winnable game for Bureau Valley. Again, this is a game that they got on the schedule due to Riverdale uh, canceling their season. So um, oh, always fun to see new opponents. I, I love them when teams uh, are able to do that. Circumstances, you know, notwithstanding. Um, always cool to see new opponents come into play. So Bureau Valley kicks us off here in week one with that uh, situation here. Yep. Well, let's go through the rest of the games that are uh, either crossover games or Three Rivers Athletic Conference games. Mendota at Prof- Erie Prophetstown. Hall at Orion. Kiwani at Monmouth Roseville. St. Bede at Sherrard. Princeton at Rock Ridge. That game was supposed to be on Thursday night, but I've heard it's moved back to Friday now. Okay. So that's what that's what Matt Randazzo told me in a text earlier today. So okay. if if it's wrong, we blame WQAD. Yep. Sorry, score. <laughs> that's right. This one's on you. I if you know if it's wrong, we blame Brian Stocking. It's easiest that way. Yep. It had, it, it, somehow <laughs> it can get traced back to him. So yeah, right. originally that was that was brought up to Thursday to fulfill a uh, referee shortage. So whether they got that sorted out or, or what it may be. So um, whether it's Thursday or Friday, we're looking forward to that one. There you go. And the last one, Newman at Morrison, the rivalry, Mitch, that you are oh so familiar with. Yep. So Mitch, I'll start. What games stand out to you? We already referenced a little bit of the Kiwani and Monmouth Roseville game. That's the one that yeah. really draws my attention, but yeah. plenty of good, interesting matchups here. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, of, not questions. Um, I have a lot of curiosity for the Three Rivers this year because there's a lot of teams that are replacing star players, replacing big classes, replacing talent, things of that nature. Um, you know, I, I look at Newman and Morrison. Um, Newman coming with a new coach, Michael May. Morrison with finally a full offseason with their, with their coach, Steve Snyder. Um, I expect both teams to be 
uh, well, I expect Newman to be as good as they were last year. I expect Morrison to be better. So who can get on the right foot in that one? Princeton at Rock Ridge, again, Rock Ridge, a team that has to replace some talent, but has a lot of talent coming back. Um, but Princeton just, you know, has been the king. I expect them to stay, still be the king, uh, barring a challenge from Monmouth, Roseville, and Kiwani again this year. Um, but yeah, again, Mendota, Erie, Erie Prophetstown, St. Beach, Girard, all four teams, and Hall and Orion for that matter, all six teams, a lot of new faces. Um, so it's going to make this season pretty exciting here in Three Rivers. You look back at that um, Mendota at Erie Prophetstown, I believe it was a year ago, either in week one or week two early in the season. Um, I'm guessing it was week one because it probably the schedule replicates itself. Mendota and Erie Prophetstown played a really close game and Mendota came out on top. Yeah. But Erie Prophetstown, well, both teams went on to have really successful seasons. So right. might be interesting to see where that one goes and how it dictates things moving forward for them. But now at the end of the day, I'm, I'm excited for Kiwani and Monmouth Rose. So I, I yeah. may be out. Uh, I may be out walking the sidelines with uh, coach Adolfson and coach Swanson mm -hmm. out there for the yep. Boilermakers and the Titans. That that's a game that really excites me. Yeah. They'll be fired up in, in, uh, in Monmouth. That's for sure. Well, Mitch, let's move into the Northwest upstate Illini as Kyle yep. Campmeyer calls it the conference of champions. Yep. Really hard to dispute that when you start talking about Lena Winslow as back to back and then every other team that's gone over the, uh, you know, state championships over the last few years. Right. Let's start going down the list here. Dakota at Chicago, Christ, the King Forreston at Stockton Fulton at Fulton versus Galena, Lena Winslow versus Eastland Pearl City, and Dupec versus West Carroll. So we'll start there with West Carroll being their first varsity game yeah. in well over a year mm -hmm. because they were not able to compete much in the COVID year. And last year, they did not have the numbers for varsity. So this is a tough challenge for them yeah. coming up against Dupec, who's a bigger program in terms of NUIC football and also a very successful program with a lot of talent. Yeah, this, this is a pretty tough draw to, to start off your season for West Carroll. So you never know. Um, they, they've had time to prepare. Um, but Dupec's just been a different beast. Obviously, when you're talking about a conference champion in the NUIC, you're, you're talking about a really good program. So um, Dupec does have some some places or some pieces to replace. So I'm interested to see how dynamic that offense. I, I still expect it to be very good. Just might be a little bit of a different look this year, but I still expect them to be uh, one and zero this week. No offense to to the Thunder, but Dupec is just I expect them to be very good. Um, Lena, kind of the same thing. Eastland Pearl City's been been up and down, so it's a tough draw on this week one. Um, looking forward to to Lena again, another team that has new faces, some some names that were on those back to back you know, champion rosters are no longer there, uh, but they're just going to reload. They've got new players coming in. They've got players that are coming up from, uh, you know, freshman and sophomore ranks. So I expect them to, to challenge again for the title and, and make another challenge in the 1A ranks as well. Um, Greg, we're, Fulton and Galena, Force and Stockton, where are you looking here? Yeah, I think those are the two games that really stand out to me. Um, I think I'll start with Forreston at Stockton. Yeah. I think Stockton's going to be an improved football team this year. And, you know, this is a tough challenge for them. You know, Forreston has proven year in and year out to be right there. They knocked off Lena Winslow in week nine last yeah. year. That was the calling card of their season. 
Are they up at that level? They lost a lot of players. And I think Stockton, on the other hand, has a lot of players returning. And I think momentum is building in that program. They're hungry to get back to the playoffs and back to that standard that the Stockton Blackhawks expect. So that's a game that stands out to me being at Stockton. Mitch, have you ever been to a game at Stockton? I think, I think I've said it before. Um, one of my, I, I played at Stockton. Okay. Um, and, and one of my favorite places to play. Um, yes. You know, it, it's right there along the highway. Um, just your classic small town along the side of the road football stadium. Um, uh, much like Fulton. Fulton's a great place to play too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I love it in Stockton. I haven't been there in a long time. I know that they still look good. They got great uniforms there um and add that field and that environment yeah uh that is one that uh ranks pretty high in my memories i always appreciate the uh the softball field cutouts that run into the end zones i believe dakota used to have that they may still have that uh that same effect in their end zones yeah but uh stockton always had it i i always appreciate that it's a unique touch yep so mitch Let's talk about the Lincoln Trail Conference. A-Town had a lot of success last year in the Lincoln Trail. They will be at Rova Williams Field to start the season, a team that we think uh, may be improved this year, so that's an interesting matchup. Anawan Weathersfield at United or at Monmouth United. Princeville at Knoxville. Mercer County in a crossover game versus Farmington. And Stark County at Nokomis. So, Mitch, we talked about Mercer County, a team we're high on. They want to get off to a fast start. That's what Coach Hofer's talked about compared to last year. But, man, that, that crossover with Farmington's hanging out right there. That's that's a tough test. Yeah, that was a tough game for them last season. Um, and so, like you said, they're, they're trying to get off to a better start where last year they kind of – I think they were one and three, and then they just kind of played catch-up. They don't want to yep. be in that predicament. Obviously, <laughs> kudos to them. They had that great playoff game with Newman. Um, but, the, yeah, they want to get off on a better foot this year uh, whether it be just in week one or within the first four weeks but uh yeah always a tough test with with Farmington but they've got good they've got good players coming back they've, they've got great talent a lot of yards a lot of touchdowns coming back uh, a lot of players that are, are returning on defense so I expect Mercer County to be better in this game against Farmington than they were last year um and expect them to be a playoff team so um uh, hopefully they get their first of, you know, the six automatic wins right off the bat here in week one. But that is probably the, the game of the week here in the conference, I would say. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. I think when you start talking about actual like LTC conference games, mm-hmm. though, you got to look at Anawan Weathersfield at Monmouth United. Now, mm-hmm. Anawan Weathersfield got the win last year in their week one matchup. That one was at Weathersfield. They're flipping this year for their home opener for the opener of the season. But Monmouth Road or Monmouth United went on to have a great season. Mm-hmm. So I'm really curious to see what uh, how this matchup goes because Anawan Weathersfield returns a lot of players from a team yeah. last year that did get to the playoffs at five and four. United's right there though. David Milroy has this program going in the right trajectory. They're they're going the right way. I I, I I'm excited for this matchup too. And actually it pairs up real nicely with a game at Monmouth Roseville. So Mitch, you may have just discovered my, uh, my swing on this first opening week. Yeah. I think 
I don't know if I was as high on Anna Weathersfield in the preview show as I probably should have been. Maybe, maybe I was, but they've got a lot of talent coming back that played as sophomores last season. Dylan Horry comes back, one of the better quarterbacks in the conference. Uh, Colin Hornback, who we, we talked a lot about as a, as a receiving threat. So, uh, and, and on defense, I should say, he's a premier defensive player. So, um, yeah, this is going to be a, another young team, but a young team with experience. So, um, they might be my dark horse to win the LTC this year. I think A-Town has to replace a lot of talent. Um, uh, even United, like you said, they, they uh, had a great season last year, did lose some players. So um, looking forward to Anawan Weathersfield's uh, season this year, but this will be a tough matchup for them in week one. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up our talk on the Lincoln Trail, uh, we have to mention uh, A-Town at Rova Williamsfield. This yeah. is another interesting matchup because A-Town loses a lot of senior talent from a year ago, whereas Rova Williamsfield has a lot of younger kids that are still in the program that, mm-hmm. you know, are really eager to get their next shot at things. Last year, they finished two and seven. That's mm-hmm. not where they want to be. But, you know, I've heard people tell me that they've always been really impressed with Grant Goldstrand and what, how he coaches and what he can do for a team. I'm really excited to see what he can do here and see if he can get this Cougars team, you know, on the winning end of some games. And it starts here with this opportunity at home in week one against a young team in A-Town that's trying to figure some things out. Yeah, Rova's going to be real strong um, at two positions that you want to be strong in, right? Linebacker and running back. Yep. Um, so if they can wear down their opponents, they're going to have a lot more wins than the two that they had last year. So like you said, hopefully 2021 was an experience. Um, for, for them. And now they're really going to build upon that and, uh, and make a run. Cause I think the, as much as I think anyone Weathersfield it will, I, I guess I'll predict them to be my champion. I think it is pretty wide open and they could be, they Rova could surprise some teams, you know, um, it's going to be tough with, with Mercer County and Knoxville, but I think certainly they'll be better than two and seven could be possibly pushing a playoff spot. Yeah. Well, let's look at us. Uh, you mentioned Knoxville, they are at home against Princeville. Can they continue to do what they did so well last year? That's winning LTC football games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's no secret not what Knoxville's going to do. They're going to run the ball right at you, and yep. they're going to challenge you, and you got to figure out a way to stop them. Can they continue to do that against a Princeville team that, you know, they had been up near the top of the conference and last year fell down a little bit? Mm-hmm. You know, can they get back up there? And then the last game, Stark County struggled a lot, you know, in recent years. Not what we're used to seeing with Jade Nord and that football team out there. Can yep. they get a non-conference win against Nokomis, you know, this this season to start out? So those are uh, the matchups. Those That's what we're looking for in the Lincoln Trail. Mitch, I'm excited. I think I'm going to see some Lincoln Trail football in week one. I'm ready to go, man. Yeah, like like we said at the, the top of the show, we're, we're four days out. Um, and it's, it's hard to believe because it always seems like we were just – sitting around watching the the state championship games. So um, thankfully it was a quick off season and uh, we're right back into it now. This is, this is exciting. This is fun. Well, before we uh, let everybody go, we're done with 11, man. Let's talk some eight man football, Mitch. Let's get, let's get the eight man schedules out here. Amboy, a team that was really good a year ago, a team that really came on late in the season. And wouldn't you know it, this may be the game of the year in eight man. I'm not exaggerating. This may be the game of the year in eight man football and it's in week one, Amboy at defending two-time state champion mm-hmm. Polo. Holy, yep. you talk about coming out of the gate on fire in eight-man football. This is it. I mean, I, I know Kyle, I think, has already said, like, he's going to have to find a way to get to Polo that night. 
And man, it's, it's hard for me to not want to be there that night. That's going to be a great matchup. Yeah, my top two teams uh, in, in my preseason rankings here. I had, Polo, I had Polo number one, and I, I was really impressed with Amboy's playoff push last year, and I think they bring a lot back, and they're going to be even better this year. So, yeah, this this could determine it, – it's weird to say, right? This could yeah. be, this could determine who wins state. Obviously, there's, you know, uh, there's playoffs and such, but this is going to send a message to the rest of the eight-man teams, um, and, and somebody's going to leave this game <laughs> – wanting that rematch and you might even get it so two of the best teams in eight man uh what a better way to start than in week one yeah awesome way to start let's keep going down the list freeport aquin is at home against Sayota west prairie we have hanover river ridge going on the road to south beloit another great matchup milledgeville at orangeville that's mm-hmm. a great rivalry a good old nuic rivalry in week one. So let's look at a few other eight man teams from around our area. A good team that I think has a lot of high expectations this year. Uh, West central Bigsville. They're mm-hmm. on the road at Bushnell Prairie city. You also have Ridgewood, their first year in eight man football. Mitch, yep. did you see their helmet? That's our I first did. uni view of the year. Yeah. I've always been a fan of those uniforms. So yeah, that's a good looking helmet. Um, and uh, looking forward to seeing them join the eight man fold here. Yeah. Well, yeah. Big, big shout out to coach elder. He, he, he nailed it. That helmet looks great. They will be at home against Galva. And, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the look at our eight man. We already talked about 11 man Mitch. Here we go. Week mm-hmm. one. We're, we're off and rolling here. Yeah. This, this is, this is exciting. So looking forward to, uh, the, the broadcasts again, um, yep. shout out to all the, the programs who put in the effort to do that. Obviously Sterling sets the standard there, but, um, I, I also appreciate the smaller schools, um, who, who have, who have the broadcasters, uh, up in the, up in the, the crow's nest, I should say, um, promoting the local, you know, pork chop stand. So I, I, I love it all. Um, so looking forward to it. Can't wait to watch on Friday and uh, you know, I'll, I'll be on, I'll be on Twitter. I'll be uh, posting the updates as, as fast as they come in. You'll be on the, you'll have boots on the ground and um, you know, uh, maybe join you for uh, an after show, but you know, yeah. we're looking forward to, uh, to this and uh, yeah, it just can't say it enough. Yeah, well, thank you to everyone who listened to this podcast. Like we said at the beginning of the show, if you haven't yet, go out and check out our conference preview podcasts. They're all out there. They're all available. We go through every team in detail, give you everything you need to know before the season kicks off this Friday. Mitch, I'm excited. It's going to be great. We're, I'm gonna, like I said, I'm going to be out, uh, out covering a couple games, doing the, uh, the Monmouth swing, starting in yep. uh, Monmouth-Roseville, heading over to Monmouth United. Then I'll head back to the WQAD studios and uh, we'll probably do an instant reacts podcast. Mitch, maybe we'll get you on the phone and we'll have a, we'll have like a phone in a phone, a friend, or we'll, we'll get you on the phone before that. So you can chime in weigh in with your thoughts. Yeah. The way that I think the season will play out, there might be some, I think there was one week, it might've been week nine. I think we had to have, we weren't planning on it. You and I had like an emergency instant reacts. I think that was week nine because so many things were on the line. There was conference titles on the line and there was playoff uh bids on the on the on the uh on the docket so um yeah looking forward to that i'm always available um i'm always up late so even after the the score is uh is on the air i'll be i'll be up and ready to go if that's ever necessary so looking forward to it yeah 
Uh, a couple more quick plugs. I, I got to get them in here. Uh, I was on the score WQAD's uh, high school football preview show. So yeah. their score Sunday show just aired this past Sunday. You could ch- head on out to WQAD.com and check that out. We also tweeted it out. So go to our Twitter account, check that out. And Mitch, I had some free time this weekend, which I never get. I had free time. So of course, what did I do? I spent it working on the view from the West podcast, YouTube channel. Okay, so great. If you, if you head out to our YouTube channel, you can see individual video clips of our team previews. We also have game highlights from last year, including Lena Winslow's state championship game, a couple other playoff games that I attended. I'll add my regular season game highlights that I went to last year. And then we have state championship games, old state championship game broadcasts. You want to talk about getting lost in a rabbit hole, man, you can start watching some stuff on there and find some great highlights. So anyway, Mitch, thank you so much for being here. Thank you to everyone who listens. The next time we talk, we'll be talking results. The high school football season will be in full swing. Thank you so much to everyone. We'll see you next week. That'll do it for this week's episode of View from the West. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to go out to Apple Podcasts or Podbean and subscribe so you can follow along and downloads will come automatically every week. You can follow along on Twitter at ViewFromWestPod. You can also email me if you're interested in being a sponsor, ViewFromWestPod at gmail.com. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.